What's happening? What's happening? YAA, what's happening? Are you good? Take a seat. So good to be here. For those of you who have heard me before, you might have noticed that my voice changed. Um, they now call me Batman because my, my voice is so deep. And a year ago, I had surgery on my throat, actually, after I was here the last time. And my wife and them were joking around with me that I was going to come out with a really high-pitched voice. But it was actually the opposite. It's become deeper. So uh, please pray for me, though. It's a, it, it struggles at times. But I'm here. I'm going to give you everything I got tonight. Is that all right? First things first, though. Number one, I got my awesome We the Church sticker. I got some sweatshirts. One of them didn't fit because I'm a little bit bigger than I used to be. So if you're judging me because I don't have a wedding ring on, it's only because my finger's fat right now. All right? So don't judge my journey. I'm getting there. I'm working out every day trying to get back. Um, but when you take me to places like these guys have taken me in Denver where there's so much good food. I don't know why. You guys have rooftops. It's freezing cold here in winter. Why is there so many rooftops here? I don't understand. But, hey, can I just tell you this? You have the best leaders in the world. And please hear me on this. Please, please hear me on this. For those of you who have heard me, you know that I'm trying to be as genuine as I can. But um, it, it's not something that I have to get up here and say. I genuinely, I, I, I've been a part of church. I've grown up in church my whole life. I'm around some great leaders. I've been around the church world a little bit and have known some great leaders. And I can just tell you that, that all the way from Sean and Chad to Jesse and JD, like, you have the best of the best here. And, and what is happening at Red Rocks is unbelievable. I think sometimes we come in environments like we do, and I get the privilege of being in a Hillsong environment, and we forget the world that we get to be a part of. But can I tell you this? This is a really special world that you get to be a part of. And what your leaders are doing, the trail that they are blazing, is just unbelievable. So I think we should take a second and stand up on our feet. Thank you for standing up on your feet for me. But I'm only here one time every couple of years. Your leaders are here week in and week out serving and leading. Beautiful. Thank you for trusting me with your platform. I hope I don't say anything that is going to get anyone in trouble tonight. If you're new, come back next week if you don't like me because I won't be here. There's a whole lot of incredible leaders and speakers here. But uh, I'm excited to preach the word. Are you expecting tonight? Here's the thing. If you've never heard me preach, um, that's okay. But you just need to know one thing about me. I, I require feedback when I preach, and I'm not kind of like this passive guy, and so when I preach, if I offend you, like I said, come back next week or just email Jesse Davis at Red Rocks Young Adults, whatever her email is, I can't remember, but you can do that. I'm going to give you everything I got, but I need you to give me everything you got, all right? If you, if you hear something you like, not because I'm saying it, but because God is speaking, the Holy Spirit is doing something. You can say amen, you can say preach it, you can say burn the stump, which is old school. You can say whatever you want. As long as you don't yell profanities at me, we're cool. The moment that happens, pastor takes off the pastor card and comes out in the audience. Right there, and then I'm going to ask Chad to take care of it. 
Are you ready for the word? Do you have notes? Can you take notes? Yeah, your notepads. I love you guys. You guys are so passionate. It really is an honor to be here. Every time I come here, I leave refreshed. Even though I'm here and I'm going to and I'm going to give out, I leave here refreshed. I leave here excited to see this many young people in a room in a midweek is absolutely mind-blowing. Like we don't have this in LA. We don't have this many young adults gathering or anything that we do on a midweek. This is something is happening in Denver, I'm telling you right now. And I believe that as I preach that some of you who maybe haven't been a part of it are going to be part of it uh, for the first time. And you're going to continue to see Denver set on fire. Amen? Amen. Please don't judge me as well if I drink water um, during this because of my throat. Anybody else need water? I think someone can maybe get you a bottle. I don't know. Hey, can you remember when you first learned how to swim? No? You can't remember when you were young? You, some of you are like, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> we're not judging you. It's all right. Someone, I'm sure someone can show you how. Can you remember when you started swimming? I remember when I was six years old, and I lived in Dallas, Texas, and I lived in the hood. I mean, it was the hood. I used to hear gunshots every night. I remember my bike got stolen on multiple occasions. I remember just this crazy atmosphere of a city that I was that I was in but I knew that I had a swimming pool how many of you love to swim how many of you love the water I love the water and I remember being six years old all set up in Dallas Texas in my speedo that's a lie I didn't wear a speedo don't I didn't wear a speedo that's not true but I remember being six and I loved the water I was like a fish I love being in the water. I mean, swimming like every day. And how many of you know when you first start swimming, you don't know how to swim? It's rocket science. I know. It's a big deal. You, you, you first start swimming, you don't know how, and, and you're trying to learn, and you're kind of paddling a little bit. And, and, and I got three boys who are beautiful. By the way, I should stop because I've just screwed up this whole thing tonight by not starting out and giving honor to the person who... I would not be here had it not been for her because she is incredible. She is my better half. She is my wife. I know Jesse mentioned her, but you are um, gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're sexy. And don't, hey, we're married. Calm down. She's my baby's mama. She's my boo, and I love you. Can you stand up? Can you put your hands together for her? And, and I, got, I got three boys right now. Three boys, I mean, they're crazy. They're like, we pray for them every day. I mean, we, uh, my oldest, Judah, he's phenomenal. He loves Jesus. He's 11 now. I'm like, why do I have an 11-year-old kid? I'm too young for an 11-year-old kid. Then I have a 6-year-old. He's crazy. He's giving his life to Jesus, but we have to pray for him on a daily basis to get right with God because he's always messing up. And then my youngest, Cash, God knows where he's at right now spiritually. But my kids are learning how to swim. And I remember when I was learning how to swim and you would, you would paddle a little bit, right, and then you would hold on to the side, right, because you would get a little bit and you were trying to gain your confidence. You, you would swim and then you would hold on to the side. You swim a little bit more, you hold on to the side. And then every once in a while you would get, like, brave enough to put your head in and not going fully under, you just go like this. My kids do, they, they do it every time they learn how to swim, just the little head and, you know, they don't go all the way under. And, you, and you're learning and, and, and your parents are like telling you, hey, don't go into the deep end. 
Any, you, any of you remember your parents telling you not to go in the deep end when you started learning how to swim? You know, so you're swimming and you're testing it out. If you're like me, I like to test things a little bit. You know, I like to see how far I can go and see what I can do. I want to challenge myself. And when you're swimming, when you're young, you just, you think, I want to get, I want to get a little bit deeper. I want to get a little bit deeper. Your parents are like, don't go in the deep end. Don't go in the deep end. And you're trying to swim. I, I, I kind of feel like, though, the problem with this metaphor is that we have translated it into our, Christians, our Christian lives now. And instead of going where it's deeper, we've decided to stay in the deep end. We've taken this mentality of swimming into our Christian faith. Who told you you had to stay in the deep end or the shallow end? Who told you that you couldn't go where it's deeper? I think many times we translate our earthly parents as our heavenly father, but our heavenly father is actually calling us to go where it's deeper. And I don't know what he's been calling you to lately, but I know this. I know if the YA, if we're about to make an impact on this city more than ever before, then there's some individuals in this room that have to start to go deeper. you got to take your hands off the shallow end, and you got to step out and start to swim where no one else is swimming. God's waiting for you to step out where it's deeper. You know what's funny? It's funny because... What I've noticed with my kids is they don't understand that if they can swim in the shallow, they can swim in the deep. Isn't it funny? I, I, I take them to the lake. They're freaking out. I'm like, what are you doing? This is just a big pool, for God's sakes. Like, suck it up, buddy. You know, I, I don't talk to them like that. That's not true. A little bit, maybe a little bit. But isn't it funny that... that you, you get in these different environments, you get in a bigger environment, all of a sudden you freak out. I feel like many of you, many people like me, are, are, are not going into the deep end because we're freaking out. We don't have what it takes. You do. You have everything on the inside of you that you need because if you can swim in the shallow, you can swim in the deep. But some of you keep questioning whether you can swim the same way you did before when you trusted God that way. Obviously, I'm talking metaphorically speaking. If we were talking about swimming, we would be in the wrong place today. It's funny, though, you gain confidence when you're younger, don't you, when it comes to swimming. You'll swim in the shallow end, and then you'll start to get stronger. You'll start to get more confident, and then you find yourself going in the deep end. I sometimes think as I look at the church, we almost take this in reverse. Instead of getting stronger in our faith, knowing that God brought us through back over here, he brought us through this situation. He brought us through this situation. He was faithful here. He was faithful here. And instead of growing in our faith with him and our trust with him, we can tend to go the opposite because we see real life. You see, when we were younger, we used to dream big dreams. But that's not real. Because of life. Yeah, but last time I checked, you served the creator of the universe. The one who set the stars in place. The one who breathed life into a body and it came alive. The one who took a rib out of the man and created the woman. He has already given you everything you need. And sometimes I think we operate out of this Benjamin Button syndrome. How many have seen Benjamin Button? 
Is this showing my age? Benjamin Button starts out old and gets younger. We should be the same way with our faith. We should start out kind of like, you know, uh, maybe a bit more on edge, not understanding everything. But as we grow in our faith, we should become more childlike in our faith, trusting God for who he is and knowing that he's faithful. You see, we have to allow, can't allow our natural thinking to interfere with what God has called us to. Because he has called you to go deeper. You have the right. You have the right to go where it's deeper. You have the right to step out even though others aren't. You have the right to step out even though someone told you you're not that smart. You have the right to go where it's deeper. How many of you love the Bible? A third of you. There's this passage in Luke chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Otherwise, I think it's up on the screen. I'm doing pretty good on my breathing, by the way. This altitude, man, it is crazy. If I got to run off because I got to go to the bathroom, it's because I've drank, literally, I've drank over a gallon and a half of water today. I've learned my lesson coming here. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says this, one day... As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. I, I reckon that's a word for you guys. I reckon because of what takes place in here, people are going to start to crowd around. I mean, you think this place is packed right now? Just wait till a bunch of you start jumping in the deep end for Jesus. Watch what this place does. There will be more than overflow. You're going to have to go to a bigger building. People are going to press in. He noticed, listen, Jesus, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. And this, listen how freaking Jesus is a boss. He is a boss. Stepping into one of the boats. He didn't ask them. He stepped in. Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the, the water. So he sat in a boat and taught the crowd. Imagine Jesus just steps in someone's boat. He steps in. Imagine someone gets in your car and says, take me here. That's what Jesus is doing. He steps into a boat and he's like, push out. It's amazing. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out, listen, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Let's just stop right here for a second. The disciples are talking to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we already tried that. Imagine Jesus is sitting there like, you guys are, you guys are out of your mind. Like, do you know who I am? Yeah, we tried that last night. How many times have you debated with God? I, I, I wonder where we could be if we stop fighting with the call of God that's on our lives. I wonder where we could be if we would stop questioning what he's saying. We already tried that. Yeah, you might have tried that last year or two years ago, but you're here now. 
Love you guys. By the way, my wife has to remind me I need to smile sometimes. Just know I love you. <laughs> Top of my message, smile. <laughs> At this time, their nets, listen. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down. At this time, their nets were so full of fish, they begin to tear. That's because when God does something, he does it exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can think, ask, or imagine. He's that big. It began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat and assumed both boats were filled. Because when God starts to do something, other people start to come. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with them. His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. And listen, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. These guys left everything the moment Jesus called. I feel like sometimes we live in a society where Jesus is calling our name and we're like, yeah, but what about what it said on Instagram, God? Yeah, but, but what about that guy who's cool and, you know, he, the, the guy who's in, in, in school and he's cool and he's this and he's that. What about what he said? No, but what about what Jesus said? It's way more powerful than anyone else. You see, in order to catch all he has for you, you have to go where it's deeper. And that's what this message is about. You know what's funny is if you look at the way fishermen used to fish, they would fish at night in the shallow. So, so now you, you can kind of get your head around why Peter's debating with Jesus. Jesus, like, this is how we fish. We've been, like, this is our thing. We've been doing this. Like, we fish at night, we fish in the shallow. Jesus, I, I need you to go deeper. You see, because when God asks you to do something, it supersedes what your human mind can actually understand. He's asking you to go deeper, but you're like, I'm in the shallow, I can do this. You know what shallow living is? It's living out of our own strength. It's us trying to make things happen. And we wonder why we are not where we are meant to be yet. And Jesus is just like, because I told you to push out further. I, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm comfortable. I, like, I've been serving here. I've been serving at Red Rocks for a while now. I don't know. I'm thinking about just like stepping back now. And he's like, no, I need you to go deeper. Like, I need you to serve even more. I need you to help your neighbor even more. See, sometimes it doesn't make sense what Jesus is asking us to do. What does it mean to go deeper? What does it mean to go deeper? Going deeper means that you live in a place that's bigger than you are. It means that if I go deeper, i got to live in this world that is beyond me. Because how many of you know, my reach is only my reach. But if I'm living a life much bigger than myself that includes you, my reach is so much further. It's a place where you've never been before. See, that's the reason why people don't want to go further. You've never been there before. It's scary. It's unknown. 
Aren't you glad that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus goes before us and he's our rear guard? He goes before us and makes a way. Have you ever been out of your depth? Anybody? Don't get quiet on me. Come on, I feel like I'm at home right now. You, you ever been out of your depth? You ever been like at a job and all of a sudden that person calls you up, hey, this person's sick today. I need you to actually do this presentation today. You're like, oh, my God. Like you're sweating. You know that feeling? That feeling where your palms are sweating, your body heats up. You just get nervous. I mean, you are out of your depth. I remember a little bit ago, I got out of my depth, practically speaking. There's this place called Catalina Island. Anybody ever been to Southern California? You been there? There's this place called Catalina Island. And, and it's like, you know, maybe an hour on a, on a pretty quick boat out to the island. It can take a couple hours if you're on a slower boat. And, and a couple of these guys, are one of our board members and this other guy who uh, is amazing, who helps oversee our channel, they said to me, hey, do you want to take jet skis from Long Beach to Catalina? 15 miles that way. Might have been more. Can't remember if it was 30 all around or 30 one way. All I know is, have you ever seen Shark Week? When I was in seventh grade, my science teacher used to show me Shark Week every single, I feel like every single uh, time we would get in class. It was either Shark Week or cheetah attacks or lion attacks or something. So I got this thing with sharks. And I said, uh, they text me and I looked over at Jess. I was at home. I was like, these guys want to go on a jet ski tomorrow. What do you think? She goes, man up. That's a good wife. I'm just telling you right now. If you don't got someone in your life that can tell you to man up, you need to find them. I said, yeah, of course I was going to man up. I'm not scared. Inside, I was shaking. So we get, we get, to, Long, we get to Long Beach, and uh, I'm at Long Beach, and they start joking around with the guys doing the tour. Hey, you see many sharks out there? <laughs> this guy's scared, whatever. He's like, well, actually, we've only seen one shark. I've probably done like several hundred, you know. Uh, tours, and we've probably only seen it like maybe one time. I'm like, oh, awesome. Okay, great. Yeah, see that, guys? Just calm down, you know? We got on these jet skis. We start going out. Truth be told, I am freaking out. All I can picture is me going in the middle of the ocean and a shark coming out of nowhere and taking me off my jet ski. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm going 50. Sharks are faster in the water. You put a bull in front of me, I'll, I'll dance with that thing all day. But a shark, no. We get out there a little bit. We stop. They're like, this guy's like, hey, you guys want to jump off? You can. We're at about 250 feet. I was like, ah, you guys go ahead. My leg's cramping from the ride out here so far. <laughs> so I stayed on. And then uh, we keep riding. And we're riding and we're riding. And then we stop again. We, 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 we stop to take another little break. And they, he looks at his thing and he goes, okay, you guys want to jump off again and take another break? We're at 3,000 feet right here. Three, you, do, you know, do you know how many sharks can layer at 3,000 feet? <laughs> do you know how many sharks could be there? I stop for a second and I am gone. But I, you know what? I went up, 
I got out my jet ski. I jumped in. I started swimming down. That's a lie. I didn't swim down. But I jumped in. I got right back on that jet ski. <laughs> it's funny how fear can stop you from doing things that, that won't even really harm you. They're, they're things that, that we get so scared and nervous about. And they're not even the reality of the situation. And sometimes when God is calling us out, we allow fear to stop us when he's calling us into the deep. I don't care if you go to the deep and you jump in for two seconds and get back on your jet ski. Can I tell you this? You jumped in for two seconds and you've overcome something in that moment. The problem is, is that we're too busy comparing our journey with this journey. I wasn't swimming with the dolphins. I wasn't like the other guys who were swimming around. But you know what? I made a stride that day. We got to stop comparing ourselves with what we're called to do with someone else. It's a dangerous place to be in. What does it mean for you to go deeper? Maybe it means spending something as simple as spending more time with Jesus. Maybe going where it's deeper means that you actually start volunteering in your local church because they're building you on a weekly basis. Maybe it means to talk to Jesse or Connor about maybe doing an internship. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. You already did school. I've already kind of been through college. I got this job. Can I tell you this? If God's calling you somewhere, he is not going to disappoint you. So whatever it is that he's calling you to go deeper in, you can trust him. Maybe it's asking that person that you give money to. Maybe it's stopping. You see this homeless person on the street and, and you give them money. Maybe instead of just throwing money at them, going deeper means that you lift their head and you look in their eyes because they're a human being. You say, what is your story? How did you get here? How can I show you love? How can I help you? Maybe going deeper is fighting this epidemic. I don't know if you guys have it. We have it in L.A. It's called racism. And I, 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 maybe it's fighting something like that. Going where it's deeper. When was the last time you got outside your box and were aware of what others were going through? You see, to see where others are going to, you got to, you got to get out of your own comfort zone and you got to take your eyes off yourself for a second. I hope you know I'm not, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at us. It's just as much as you, I need to be aware more on a daily basis of what God has put in front of me and what he's called me to. You see, going where it's deeper requires you to overcome fear. It requires you to abandon yourself. It requires moments of loneliness. You say, why? We're not meant to do life alone. We're not. And we have a church body that can bring community and bring strength. But sometimes it's lonely when you're willing to do things that no one else is willing to do. But the reward is far greater. See, not everyone's willing to jump on a jet ski and go out to 3,000 feet and jump in. Not everyone is willing to Leave a place like tonight and actually go in and talk to someone and ask how you can help them and lift up your leader's hands when they're trying to carry the vision of the church. You see, going where it's deeper causes you to live at different standards. 
here lies the problem. Because we have this problem in society of acceptance. We so want to be accepted by others that we're not true to who God has called us to be. We're not true to who God created us to be. You see, you got to live different. Am I saying that, that you're going to live better than them? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that because of where God is wanting to take you as individuals, as, as, as young adults, where God is wanting to take you, it might mean that you can't live the way that everybody else is living. But guess what? The greatest ride that you will ever have in your life is living on the edge and going where it's deeper and trusting Jesus. Anyone can sit back and be comfortable and do their own thing, but to step out, it requires a lot more. I believe that this room has what it takes to live a different life. You see, I think everybody, they want to go deeper, but... They don't want the thing that's attached, the word that we don't like to talk about too much anymore in church. It's called obedience. Oh, I know this is, I know, I know. I know this is, this is going there. You see, we live in a, a day and age where everyone wants their own opinion. They want their own thing. They want to do whatever they want. But Jesus never called us to do whatever we wanted to to. Feel however we just wanted to feel. No, he called us to live a life that, to be honest with you, it's not just difficult, it's impossible. It's impossible to live this Christian life without Jesus. And so to go where he wants to take you is going to require obedience. Many times people don't want to obey because it's too stretching. Ah, oh God, you're asking me to do that? Oh, God, you're asking me to go there? Uh, yeah. You're asking me to get up in the morning early to pray just for five minutes? I don't know if I got five minutes. <laughs> I want to give you two things really quickly. You still with me? No one's yelled profanity at me yet, so I think we're okay. That's good. Number one, the effects of going where, where it's deeper makes us realize how much we need him. It makes us realize how much we need him. You see, anything that is of eternal impact has to have Jesus in the center. You can have impact, but not eternal impact. If you want to have eternal impact, if you want to change the lives, if you want to see people's whole lives be changed... If you want to see your whole life be changed, Jesus has to be in the middle. Listen to this. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Isn't it funny how God, his blessings surprise us, though? You see, it may make us aware of how much we need him. The problem is, is in our own humanity, we sit in condemnation when Jesus has never called us to. What was his response to Peter? Don't be afraid. Come. We're going to go do this. Leave this life. Peter's like, I'm a sinful man. I messed up. How many people in this room have messed up? Guess what? You all qualify. 
You all qualify. For those of you who are in the room who are not used to this environment, maybe you've been in another environment of Christianity or something, or maybe you've encountered a person uh, who maybe has misrepresented who Jesus really is. Can I just tell you, number one, it is so good that you are here tonight. I don't know who got you here, but can I just ask you to risk one more mo moment tonight, not to encounter some, G some guy from L.A., not to encounter some preacher, but to encounter Jesus. You see, too many times we take ourselves out of the game and we go, we, we're aware that we need Jesus, but, but, but we don't look at it as a thing that can move us forward. We look at a thing that makes us aware of our sin, and we sit back in our sin and in our shame and in our guilt. Oh, I did this. I slept with that person. I went out. I did that drug. I did this. I was dishonest. Guess what? The disciples were messed up, and Jesus still called them. Jesus is not looking for perfect. He's looking for available. He's looking for willingness. See, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or think in your wildest dreams. He does this not by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. It's great that we need him. We need him all the time because if you're going to accomplish even a small amount of what he's asking you to do, you're going to need him because anything that you do on your own, just to be honest, it's not that big. It's actually not that impactful. Just too many people are trying to run around and do it on their own, but you just, reality is, is you're, not, you're just not making that much of a difference. But with Jesus, with Jesus in the center. Amen. Number two. Number two. You will discover your purpose where it's deeper. I'm not going to hurry through some of this, but it says this. It says his partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishers of people. As soon as they land, they left everything and followed Jesus. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishers of people. They were fishers, fishermen, catching fish. And right where they were and what they were doing on their daily routine and basis, Jesus calls them out of that and says, you are now fisher of men. I wonder where, what, with what God has for you right now, I wonder what he is calling you into but you just don't recognize it because you see it as so normal. You see it as so, so regular, so ordinary. But Jesus is like, hey, this is good. Because I can show you this. My dad, I have an incredible family. My dad has been a pastor and leader for over 40 years. Um, I like to say I always wanted to follow in his footsteps, but that's a lie. Um, to be honest with you, I never wanted to do this ever but I'm called to do it. Jesus calls you to do things. To be honest with you, it was because I didn't think I was good enough. Because I was messing up all the time. 
Then when I realized that Jesus can use you when you're a mess, it changed everything. My dad, he grew up in a home. His mom was married five times. His dad was married three times. He grew up in an abusive home in East Texas. He would be in the trailer park. I know some of you might be able to relate to a story like this. He would be in the trailer park, and he would hear his dad in the back room beating his mother. It was like person after person would come through her life and person after person would come to his life. He had no example. But he chose. He chose to go where it's deeper because he knew what was on his life was far bigger than that. And some of you, you're living according to what your family has done or the family heritage. And he's calling you out of that. Had it not been for my dad stepping out of that, I would not be here today. Had it not been that he stepped out, I would not be here today. And I would not have a beautiful wife and three sons who talk to me about being pastors. It's like, you guys are crazy. You see, my wife, she grew up in a home that no one else in her family served Jesus. She had an encounter with Jesus when she was a, a young person. And her, her, her dad didn't want anything to do with believing. And God still doesn't. Still doesn't. But he would take her to church every Sunday for some reason. And she just, that moment, she, she gave her life to Jesus. I remember telling the story. She knew she was called to do ministry. It's funny because I grew up and I didn't want to do it. She didn't grow up in it. She wants to do it. She went to Hillsong College, which is where we met. She worked three jobs to get to Hillsong College. We had our kids. She's a great mom. We joke around that she's a Google mom. She's always searched everything. You know why she would search everything? Because her mom left her when she was 11. You see, she could have sit down and she could have gone, no, I'll just stay in the shallow. No, I'll just, I have plenty of reason why I can stay where I'm at, trust me. But she didn't. She stepped out. I grew up in the church, stepped out of the church, got into drugs, got into a whole bunch of stuff. I remember my friends telling me when I was trying to straighten out my life, they'd tell me, you're never going to change. Read Every time you do this, you fall back into it. But you know what? I did. I went to Hillsong College. I helped plant New York City. I'm part of Hillsong Lake. I'm here with you today, preaching. Why? You got to go where it's deeper. And I don't have time to go through all this, but I can just say this. If Jesus is not in your boat, you are not going to go where it's deeper. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you have your story is, what environment you grew up in it, can I tell you this? You can go where it's deeper. Sometimes you just got to face the man or woman in the mirror. You got to go, you know what, you got to start to speak to your future. God, you have called me. You have chosen me before I got up here. To be honest with you, every time I preach, before I step up, I'm like, God, I don't even know why I'm here right now. God, I thank you that you've anointed me and that you've called me. I'm stepping up on that stage. And I'm giving it everything I got because if there's at least one person who's in that crowd that was similar to where I was, and they got a revelation that they could change the world by fulfilling their God-given purpose with others, then I'll step up there. You say, I'm not, I'm not from the right background. Go where it's deeper. You say, I'm not from the right family. Go where it's deeper. Oh, I grew up in a great family. Go where it's deeper. I grew up in a broken home. Go where it's deeper. Oh, you don't know. I've been here. Go where it's deeper. You see, 
you go where it's deeper. This is, this, is, this is big. The moment you choose to go where it's deeper. No one's out there waiting for you, pushing you. Hopefully you do have good people and no one's out there doing it for you. She's where she is, my wife, because she chose. I'm where I am because I chose. My dad's where he is because he chose. Chad's where he is because he chose. Jesse's where she is because she chose. What will you choose? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet with me? You doing okay? If I could just for a second, I have every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know how you came to be in here tonight. I don't know what your story is. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what you've done wrong. I don't know if you did something last night, last month, last week. But can I tell you this? My God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you may think you're too far gone. Can I tell you this? There is nobody in this room too far gone for Jesus. There is no mistake too big. The Bible says that where sin abounds, his grace abounds even more. You cannot out-sin God's grace. He's too big. If you're in this place and you say, you know what? Before I even think about pursuing everything that you're saying, I need Jesus in my boat. I need Jesus in my life. You see, you can have everything in the world, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't have Jesus, you got nothing. So on the count of three, if you're in this place and you say, I need Jesus, I want you to lift your hand. Are you ready? One. Come on, don't wait. Don't miss this moment. Two. Hands already going up. Three. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, raise them up high. Raise them up high. Hands going up all over the place. Come on, raise them up high. Keep them up. Let me just see who I'm praying for. Come on. Come on, you can do this in here, because if you can't do it in here, you can't do it out there. Hands all over the place. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You can put your hands down. That's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And if you follow Jesus, he'll take you into the deep, and he'll take you further. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to this message. These guys are going to lead us in worship. And there's a couple songs. I don't know exactly what to do here, but I just, I'm an old school kind of guy. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I, I'm just old school. And there's something about the altar. It's like when you step into it, it's like you're, you're making a statement that as I come up here, I'm changing. This could be every person in this room or it could be 10 people in this room. I don't know. But if you say, Reed, I'm committing to go deeper. I have a relationship with Jesus, but I want to go deeper. I want to fulfill what he's called me to do. I want to be part of this house and building this house and taking this house where it's deeper and all that God has for it. If that's you, just come up here. Just come up to the front and don't wait. Anyone can come. Like I said, if it's everyone, well, I guess a lot of people will be in their seats. But come on, don't wait for this moment. Don't wait for this moment. Come on, we could do a normal Thursday night or we could really encounter Jesus tonight and our lives could be changed forever. I don't know about you, I don't want normal anymore. I just want, I don't want the average anymore. Come on, you guys move up here. Move up closer, more people can come in. I don't want to just play church anymore. 
I don't want to just play church. I want to be the church. I want to be part of the answer. Come on, squeeze in. There's room here. Squeeze in, squeeze in, squeeze in, squeeze in. This isn't about a prayer that I'm going to pray because I'm not going to pray. This is about you and God. This is about you making a commitment in your heart. We can talk all day. There's a lot of talkers out there. I could get you to repeat after me and say something. I think there's power in that. But this moment, I feel like it's more about you and God. If you're back there and you haven't made it up here and you still feel this, whatever, I just think we have a moment to encounter Jesus and be changed forever. As these guys worship, I just want everybody in this place, if you would, just lift your hands. Come on, just lift your hands. These guys are going to worship. And I want you to worship with everything that you can. In Jesus' name.